0: This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com.
1: She like them big things, big things, big things. She ain't hopping when i Let's go. My pond been itching, itching, itching. I think I know what I want to.
0: All right, everybody, what's up? It's your girl, Karma Appleshot, a.k.a. Motor City Oprah, 411 legend. Whatever you want to... Whatever you want to call me, y'all should know who I am by now. We are back. I took some time off. I apologize for the delay. We are here for Views from the Thick, episode five. Um, The song that you just heard is um, Big Things by my guy, Quick Hustle. Um, You can check that song out on his um, EP that just recently dropped called um, Quick Cash and Dark Hustle. It is called Quick Hustle. Um, Quick is Q U I K. Um, That is actually available on all streaming services, so get that on Spotify, iTunes, whatever you choose to spin your music on, it is available. Again, shout out to my guy Quick Cash for sending me over that song. I really do appreciate it. It was definitely important for me to have that song on here because with it being titled um, Big Things, we are going into a brand new year. That is my uh, motto for the year. I'm looking for... All big things. I want everything big coming from next year. 2018, I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep going. This ain't the last. Y'all going to hear me. Every single thing, like I'm coming for whatever, whatever is mine. I'm, I'm taking it. So, yes, again, we are back here for episode five. I have a very, very special guest. I'm so excited to have him here because he is one of the first people that I was uh, that I expressed the interest in. In, uh doing a podcast with, as well as um, a lot of y'all didn't know of me before the whole Motor City Oprah thing, and this is the guy that is behind the, <laughs> the picture that went viral. Sir, would you introduce yourself? Uh,
1: my name is Wayne Grace. Uh, everybody pretty much knows me as a photographer, but I'm not really even that great a photographer.
0: But, Whatever.
1: But anyway, yeah, my name is uh, Wayne Grace, uh, Wayne Grace Photo. You can follow me on Instagram, Wayne Grace Photo. My website is WayneGracePhoto.com. You can find me on Facebook, Wayne Hefner, where I do all my thought and stuff like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've had some pretty uh, thoughty topics, some thought, thought pics, I should say, or whatever. Later, I'm um, just, lately, I'm just, I'm just living my truth, you know. I don't, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe that this whole thoughty Wayne is really who you are. I don't. It is. Is it true? I need to know the truth, Wayne
1: I plead the fifth
0: <laughs> Okay, well this week uh, for our shy five, With this being the end of 2017 I just wanted to kind of take a moment to reflect back on us personally Not anything really necessary in social media or um, entertainment Just five uh, memorable moments or five things uh, that happened to you uh, personally this year that um, you could think of
1: Man, well I mean I had a pretty uh, crazy Year, a lot of good things, a lot of bad things. Um, first, uh, I mean, pretty much everybody knew that I had uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer earlier in the year. I got diagnosed in uh, January. So I went through uh, six rounds, well, six months of chemo um, and got done in uh, about June. And I got uh, told that I was in remission about July. So that's the biggest thing that happened to me this year. Um I lost a little weight. I got a little sexy. My, um, uh, You know, my women went from, like, fives to sixes. I'm happy about that. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, lost some weight. That was a good thing. You know, I was running on the track, and women like that kind of stuff, so I'm all for that. Oh, okay. Um, Man, uh, like, two weeks ago, I got kicked out of my place because some of my clients were naked in my lobby. That was fun.
0: That is <sighs> – mm. I... I'm, I'm so curious to hear about like what they were. So they were naked in the lobby, in the lobby, like the main lobby.
1: Yeah, in the main lobby. Um, I told them to wait in the lobby because they were late to uh, the shoot. Mm-hmm. And my, I had another client come and they came on time. So I said, hey, you gotta wait in the lobby until I'm done with this other thing. And they had a film guy with them. And so they were like filming in the lobby and they were like changing clothes. I don't think they knew oh, they had my like, because you know, I'm downtown with the white people and so they got security. And yeah. the people brought me into the office was like, look, you got these thoughts. And well, they no, didn't mean I say that. That's <laughs> not fair to know. They said you got these women in the lobby, you know, and they were changing and stuff like that. And that's not cool. So.
0: Like, how do you just be that comfortable that it's not even like you were kind of like discreet or like in a in a closet or something like you just in in that that lobby is open as hell. Like why
1: mm. I mean, it was interesting. It was like people from the building, like residents and stuff walking, walking through and stuff. Oh, so.
0: my gosh. How did they—I wonder how did they know that they were coming to your—did they talk to them?
1: Well, no, because when you come in, you have to sign in.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. So
1: when they called me, they were like, you have visitors from this time to this time, and they mm-hmm. was naked in the lobby. And I'm like, I don't believe that, but I saw it with my they own They showed it so. to you? Yeah, so I'm currently homeless, so if it's any women got a couch for me, I appreciate it.
0: Listen, y'all hear this, ladies. Let Wayne come over.
1: Like Dalia, <laughs> ain't that the Dalia song,
0: man? <laughs> Can I come over? Yeah, I like it. So it seems like your year has been pretty much like up and down, but you know, I'm pretty sure 2018 is going to be much better for you. Hey, I'm on this podcast, it's the most popping thing in the city. So, <laughs> you the most popping thing in the city. Everybody trying to chew away, okay? Everybody, like, don't, don't downplay yourself.
1: Next topic,
0: <laughs> anyway. Okay, so my shot five. Um, my first moment that uh, comes to mind is um, this year. Uh, my year was also pretty much up and down as well. Like I feel like this, like I've always battled with uh, a depression, and I feel like this year was like really the first year that I actually really like accepted it and like chose to like go one on one with it and really like put forth the effort to um, to battle it. So, um, cause I had like it was a really really hard time for me at the beginning of the year like kind of like right around my birthday like I kind of like like shut myself off from like everybody like I remember it was days where like I would come home from work on Friday and didn't want to talk to anybody like I would have my phone off or like on airplane or just do not disturb mode like for the whole weekend wouldn't leave out like I just really was just like really having a hard time with, like just dealing with um with everything but I was happy that I was able to overcome that and um I'm Even though, you know, nobody ever wants to go through depression, I'm just kind of happy that uh, I was able to get through it. I didn't, you know, take the route, you know, take like a – make a fucked up decision, you know, at the end of the day. And, like, that I'm still here to actually talk about it and that, you know, every day is um – it's a battle, and I'm making progress, so I'm just absolutely happy about that. And I'm here to still talk about it. Um, of course, like uh, with us going viral, that was a big thing that happened this year. I just, I still can't even believe that that whole situation happened, seeing as though it just started off as just like a shoot that we were doing to promote this pro- this podcast, and then it just turned into everything that it has become. Um, also, too, um, earlier this year. I completely, like, as of, I was uh, starting, like, going through, like, the uh, the recovering stages of my depression, um, I did a big chop. Like, I cut all my damn hair off. And I just, <laughs> I still can't even believe I did that. But, like, I, I was scared. And I was just like, you know what, I'm just, whatever risk. You know, I whatever things that I felt like I was, like, kind of, like, nervous to do, like, I'm just going to go for it. Like, just whatever. I'm tired of talking about doing things and, not like, taking any action, like, with every aspect of my life because I have so many things that I want to do and so many goals to accomplish. And it's just, you know, whatever I feel like that I have my heart set on, like, that is just now my whole Outlook on everything, like, just go for it, like, don't even think about it If it's something that you really want to do, just fucking do it, like, whatever You will learn that either it was a good thing or, you know, not necessarily a good thing at, you know, when it's over But also, um, finally, uh, my podcast, like, and it's funny because yesterday on my Facebook memories, um, I had a status from last year that stated in 2017 I will have my podcast up and running. And I'm happy to say that, you know, I got it together. So I'm definitely excited about that. And also, too, one of um another more important thing that happened to me this year, I did not uh, get pregnant. I'm very happy about that. My birth control is still up and running. Absolutely. That is amazing. <laughs>
1: that disappoints me.
0: <laughs> Why that disappoint you? I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Can I'm Can okay. to talk
1: about that on this podcast, but why? Next topic.
0: <laughs> I have uh, two boys. I'm happy with that. I will. I will like to keep that. Um, keep that the same for a little bit. And uh, but I am happy to announce, like my best friend, she had her first son last night. So I'm excited. There's there's my other child for this year. I, it didn't come from me, so I'm happy about that. Uh, but um, yeah. So those are my uh, shot files for for this. Uh, Episode 5, the last episode of the year So, um, it's been a while since I've been here And I want to kind of like touch on that Because I've been getting a lot of messages about uh, what happened last week I typically record bi-weekly So, last week, uh, let's do a story time with me really quick Yeah, so, I went to a day party that was from 12 to 4 The brunch was from 12 to 1 and, uh, you know, it's kind of like black people time. So, a little bit after 1 o'clock, the event was also BYOB. So, me and my home girl, we're like, well, you know, we're going to bring two fifths. So, she brought a fifth of Ducey. I brought a fifth of Hennessy. But when I got the Hennessy, I was like, you know what? I don't know what type of mood I'm going to be in. Whether I want some lemonade to accommodate it or if I want some hypnotic. So, I brought both. So... <laughs> So so we started drinking, mind you. Just keep in mind that the party was only for four hours, but technically it was three because people didn't really start coming until like well after one. So we started drinking. We started off with lemonade and douce. Um, I had two cups of that. I was fine. Then I was like, you know what? I want to turn it up a notch. I'm ready for this hypnotic and Hennessy. Had two cups of that. I was still Okay. But then when people start to drink, they're like, oh, you know, let's take shots. Cool. We taking shots. But, you know, of course, niggas start to get drinking. They started to get a little heavy handed. So none of these shots were actually shots. They were more so like cups. And in the span of like two to three hours, we were drinking so much fucking liquor. I, I, I'm pretty sure at some point I blacked out and passed out because all i remember is the feeling of somebody lifting me up off the ground and then i remember waking up the next day at home i was in my bed and the party ended at 4 i didn't wake up until 9:30 and that was am by the way yeah i've never been so intoxicated in my life i pray to god that never ever happens to me again like i don't i don't plan on drinking that much anymore (laughs) because that was just too much and I don't even think it was just it was the drinks that I had it was just doing too much in such a short span of time and like I had eight but it wasn't Enough, obviously, and plus I didn't drink any water, so yeah, that's why that's the um, explanation for my absence um, last week. But I'm.
1: <laughs> you sure you didn't run into Peel Cosby out there?
0: No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Thank God. And I'm happy to say that I was around the right group of people because they somebody drove my car home they got me into the house or whatever. I laid down. I had everything I came, I left the house with. I came back home with everything. Nothing was stolen. Nothing was messed up or anything like that. So I'm happy that I was just around the right people and they did take care of me. So I'm, I'm I'm happy about that. But that shit, never again. Like, it wasn't even my birthday. I wasn't mm-hmm. celebrating shit. Like, I don't understand. What what was I trying to prove to myself? Like, that's just... That Oprah fame, you know? <laughs> nah. I, if that's what it's about, nah, I can't handle it. Like, I'm sorry. And it's funny because on episode four, we were talking about drinking um, dark liquor and shit like that. So just for that to happen to me literally, like, right afterwards, it's just like... I don't know. Maybe this might be the end for me and dark liquor, or I don't know. But
1: <laughs> just start drinking lean or whatever the young kids drink.
0: Oh no, that's I. Uh, I hate that. I've never had it. I was
1: just about to say. No, you told I was us. about to
0: say I hate that <laughs> shit. I can't even judge it. I've never had it, but I just I have absolutely no interest in in any of that stuff. But yeah. So, um, as far as music wise, like there's been a couple different um projects that have dropped since the last time I've uh been in the studio the first one I kind of wanted to touch on was Eminem like it's been a while since we've had new Eminem like music uh like an actual project or an album put out so I was really excited to hear it and um my opinions on it is uh I really like his wordplay like he's really like He's really up there with one of the best when it comes to that. I wasn't a big fan of the beat selection though. Like and I feel like that's where a lot of people kind of were like distracted by cuz it was like he had like some good quality lyrics but it was just like some of the beats were just kind of trash. So I think that's kind of where uh, cuz I know a lot of people say they didn't really like it and then like when they kind of explain what they didn't like about it that was kind of like what it boiled down to. But I don't know like what did how did you feel about it?
1: Well first let me say this um I probably haven't really listened to Eminem since maybe 2004 let me say mm-hmm. that um I'm not really a big fan of his newer work in terms of all the you know pop features and um I don't I don't know how I want to call it. He just has like a more pop sound and, and, and it's like a far departure of the stuff that he was doing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm not really big on change. I like what I like. I don't like when it changed. Um, but as far as the few songs I did hear from his new project, because I wasn't really interested in listening to it. I was kind of uncomfortable with the... Uh, the appropriation, I guess I'll call it. He was kind of using some of the themes that we've been going through as black people to kind of push the narrative of his album. You know, it started with the thing at the BT Cypher. Yeah. Then he has that one song where he's being sympathetic to, you know, what we got going on with, like, the police and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I wasn't really a big fan of that, so it kind of turned me off to even listening to the rest of the project. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say I was upset that 2 Chains was really excited about being on his album. He had mentioned that he was in the studio with Eminem, mm-hmm. and then 2 Chains wasn't on the album, and 2 Chains was kind of upset about that, so I was kind of upset about that, too. Yeah. But look, I love Eminem. I mean, I think anybody that say Eminem can't rap. Oh, sorry. Are you okay? Anybody that would say Eminem can't rap you know, would be foolish to say that, but... I can't say I was really that interested. Because, I mean, you know, his last few R albums, you know, The Recovery and all that stuff, like, they were okay, yeah. but I didn't really care for them, so.
0: Yeah, those didn't really, like.
1: Oh, and, man, when he came out with that song with Beyonce, that Walk on walk Water. Walk on Water, mm-hmm. And it sounded like he just rapping over a um, dial tone or something like that.
0: Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that, and I know a lot of people said that they really liked that song. But that, when I listened to the album, that really wasn't like a song that stood out to me. I didn't care for it. I feel like people just hear like, "Oh shit, Beyonce is on this song." It's like, okay, well she can't, she can't turn shit into sugar. Like, I mean, it's just if it's a trash song, no matter who the hell is on it, like it's just trash. Like I didn't, I, it wasn't. I'm not gonna say necessarily that it was actually trash, but I just. It didn't really do nothing for me.
1: No, nah, that was trash to me. <laughs> um, I think Eminem is at a point in his career where he may have said everything that he has to say. Okay. And you know, I don't want to say it might be time for him to put it Hang up. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he's still talented. But, man, he's put out such of an extensive, you know, uh, library music Like what else Is it really for him to say Cause I don't think Anybody really wants To hear Eminem Talk about being a dad And being responsible You know like yeah. How Jay-Z can do The 444 And now he all grown up mm-hmm. Suit and tie Like I don't think Eminem can do that
0: No Because he built His career on Like a certain Persona, persona That I feel like If we do get the Growing up Eminem, like I'm not on that no more. It's like, no, fuck that. This is what we invested, you know, our interest in you based around. Like, I don't I don't want to hear you do nothing else. That's just like, you know, like and I hate to bring him up because I feel like I've talked about him too much on this damn show, bow <laughs> Like we <laughs> we've uh like we liked you for this music back then and it's like you try to grow up and you start talking about being a thug and shit, and it's like, no, like yo your time has come on with. But that's just how I feel like too about when I listened to Lil Wayne's, like I didn't listen to the entire dedication, but like the songs that I did listen to, I was just like, oh, OK, it's Lil Wayne. He put out another project again. But I kind of feel like I don't know if it's us as listeners to blame or is it necessarily the artist, because I feel like we have these um, we have these these things in our mind and like how we remember that artist used to you know, being back in the day when they were like really at the height of their career and like when we were so in love with them that it's like when they go away for a long time and they put out another um, project is like that's what you have instilled in your mind still you're like okay well they're gonna put out this like just like with Jeezy when he started putting out the other uh, the TM 103s and shit like that like we love the first thug motivation like that's what you know our heart was invested into that so then it's like when you see okay you putting out another one of these okay bet like you already you have like this already kind of like thing of in, in your head of what you think is going to be and then when it comes out that it's not that it's like okay well did I have too many expectations going into it? Like, is that my fault? Or is this, you know, this artist just, like, isn't that artist that I thought that you, you know, that you still were anymore? It's like, are you really at kind of, like, the, the not necessarily the end, but it's like, are you kind of, like, at a standstill right now and kind of, like, just need to still chill off in the background, like, do some features here and there? Or is it, like, you know, maybe I expected too much going into this thinking, like, oh, you were still, like, oh, Lil Wayne or you know, I just, I just had too many expectations built up. Like, I don't know if that's like really our fault when we have, you know, like these Eminem projects and these Wayne projects coming out, or if it's just like, shit, niggas is growing up and they just ain't got it no more like they used to.
1: Well, I mean, also I think what it is, especially when it comes to black culture, sometimes your time is just passed. It's like Jeezy may be making the exact same music he was making 10 years ago. But the music today isn't what it was then. So it's like with fans, I always use T.I. When he came out with um, the All About the Money song with Young Thug, that was a hot song. But it's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. T.I. did it. Let's say, um, who's hot now? Let's say Kodak Black makes that song with Young Thug. Mm -hmm. That song is probably a
0: hit.
1: But since T.I. is doing it, it's like, yeah, I've been listening to T I fifteen years. I'm kinda over TI. Yeah. So it's like no matter what music it is, it could be good, but you're just more you want what's in today's climate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's necessarily that they're not putting out the kind of music that's up to their standard. I just think that standard may not, you know, be acceptable anymore to people. Especially younger people, you know what I mean? Cause let's think about it. I mean, Jeezy for rap, he's old, you know. Yeah. But it's not like Jeezy is an old man. It's not like we're talking about Run DMC. Mm -hmm. But it's just like today with the mumble rap and and the harmonies and all that kind of stuff. And then you hear Jeezy just kind of going straight down the line. People are just kind of like, "Mm." right? you know what I mean? And then also, too, I'll say about Jeezy, since you brought up his project, That was a a project that I was interested in hearing because he had the J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar feature. Mm -hmm. But then I seen him on um, Everyday Struggle. I'm not trying to, you know, pump no other podcast. You (laughs) can cut that part out if you want to. (laughs) But he had a really – he had a a, a perception and a philosophy about stuff that I didn't agree with and it really irritated me when he was – he was making it seem like, look – if these young rappers get on the mic and rap about putting drugs in the community and, and shooting people and killing people, as long as they're not out doing it in the real world, then you shouldn't criticize them because they could be robbing you at a gas station, they could be shooting you.
0: Yeah. And I really disagree,
1: I disagree with that philosophy. He yeah. Had. So that kind of turned me off to wanting to hear his album because I would think at this point in your career, you've already sold all the records you want to sell you could totally get away from the whole street mentality and start trying to you know, uplift, uplift younger people. And you're saying, well, man, they can rap all the bullshit they want as long as they're not doing bullshit in real life. Yeah. It's cool. But no, it's a kid out somewhere that listens to that bullshit and thinks it's real life, and now they're going to go out and perpetuate what they're hearing in the music, so I'm never going to be for somebody saying... I'll I'll dismiss the bad rhetoric as long as it's helping somebody feed their mother because it's some it's another way to feed your mother. You right. can create a podcast like this and you're not out robbing people, are you? You got on no, a juvenile shirt. You today. might you might be a criminal. I don't know, but you
0: know, not today. I mean, I I can't touch on what I did yesterday, but you know. So here we go. I mean, shit, it's 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 hard out here.
1: But I will say, <laughs> it, you know, I, look, I appreciate that Jeezy put like uh, T Grizzly and Payroll on yeah. the album. I appreciate that, and I'm not even saying that I thought the album was bad.
0: No, I but. didn't. I didn't like. I I'm not gonna say that the album was bad because I actually it was it was pretty good. It was better than. What was that? That church in the streets or whatever. Like, that shit. I didn't like that. Like, this was pretty good because um, we did have, like, a little spam when Jeezy was putting out shit. And we like, okay, like, oh, Jeezy putting out music next. Like, we didn't care. Like, we kind of just, like, swept him under the rug. But this uh project I was actually pretty satisfied with, so I'm not disappointed at it at all. The only disappointment that I have is, like, my favorite fucking thing on the album was the interlude, and it's only, like, two minutes. Yeah. Like, I really, really like the interlude. Like, I really... Like, when I first heard it, I didn't even pay attention that it was only an interlude. And I was waiting on something else to come next. I was like, damn, it's over. Like, that's it. Like, I really like that song. But this... I was really pleased by this project compared to like some of the last couple things he had been putting out. So, but the reason why I had kind of brought Jeezy up as a reference is because I hear people talk about him a lot like, "Oh, well, you know, this ain't Jeezy from 2003 or whatever, whatever. Like this is, you know, he oh, he watched this. It's not like I don't I feel like, you know, sometimes you have to put on your grown-up ears and just accept that like these niggas is not the same like when people a lot of people didn't like 444 because Jay-Z was like He's an adult Jay Z. Like this is a husband, this is a father, and he's speaking from that position. Like he not out there, you know, talking about like flipping bricks and all this other shit, like or whatever, you know, like from back in the day. Like you're not gonna get those same rhymes, or like I, I don't know. Like you just have to kind of like you have to know your artist and know what you're listening to. I feel like.
1: But what you have to understand, also, let's say um, Jay Z came out about I'll say about ten years, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. So let's say. He's about 40 now, so when he came out, he's about 24, 25. Mm-hmm. And let's say his fans grew with him. Let's say they were in there between 16 and 20. So if you fast forward now, those people are like 29 to 35. Yeah, Jeezy has got his grown man up. Jeezy has got businesses and got money. A lot of the dudes that are still listening to Jeezy is still doing the same stuff they was doing 15 years yeah. ago. So they can't even relate to him growing up because they haven't grown up. They are still in the streets hustling at thirty five forty. So that's why they can't relate to it because they haven't grown up. So I mean that's kinda their problem. That's not Jeezy's problem.
0: Yeah, that that is absolutely true. But I mean, I really like the uh I really like the Jeezy project. I said I was gonna give uh Wayne a little bit a little bit more time before I just completely say, because I did, I will admit, like, when it first dropped, the first thing I said was, like, oh, my God, this shit is terrible. But then it was, like, it was just from the, I don't know, like, maybe the beginning of it I heard a song. I was, like, okay, this is cool. Then I, like, I heard a couple more songs and I wasn't impressed. And then, um like, I started to listen to, like, another song or two here and there. And I was, like, oh, hmm, all right. Look,
1: until the Carter Five comes out. Mm-hmm nobody's going to be interested in a Lil Wayne project because the perception of it is he's not putting out the music that he really wants to put out. Right. So, I mean, yeah, the dedication is cool. He's been doing that for a while. But the Carter Five is what people want. I understand Mm -hmm. he's in his, you know, situation or whatever, but... I mean, look. This is 2017. I mean, he released the thing on that piff. It's like mm-hmm. that's not really how the game go anymore. Yeah. So even mixtapes in 2017 or like are like albums. It's like when uh, 21 Savage and, and um, Offset and Metro Boomin releases without warning. That's just something they drop. But that's right. like an album when Metro right. and Big Sean. Out what they put, it, that's like an album. It's not a mixtape. Like, exactly. You got to give us the good music, but everybody knows the good music is on the Carter Five. Yeah. And even at this point, I'm hoping that it's not stuff he recorded five years ago and he's trying to release because maybe that won't even be the good music either. But
0: yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But. Also, another person um, in music that I kind of just wanted to touch on really quick, Cardi B. Like, on the on episode four, I remember speaking on, you know, we were talking about kind of, like, what is it, you know, now? Like, this whole wave with the uh, Bodak Yellow is kind of over, like, so what's next? And then she dropped this uh, Bardier, uh, whatever the shit is called. I... I'm not impressed Like at all Like I I really feel like First of all I feel like Offset Wrote the whole damn song And kind of wrapped it And it was like Okay you know Well where I said Offset Just uh You know Flip your name You know Say Cardi In this song Like because just Her lyrics were very like like masculine, like the the flow of the rap to me was like all Migo style. And it wasn't her, like just from the songs that I have heard from her, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like that's Cardi's sound. And then you hear this. So I'm like, oh, well, this makes sense because you're dating Offset. Like I just wasn't impressed with it at all. Like the lyrics weren't, like there were a lot of times in the song, like I couldn't even, she had such a heavy accent, I could barely even tell what she was saying. Like I just feel like as like a follow, it's hard to like kind of follow up to having something as big as bodek yellow because it's like you almost damn near need to come out with a bodek yellow too and so it's like for her for this to be like the second single I wasn't really impressed at all like I it didn't do it for me like and I don't know I feel like you know her her following and her fan base is gonna be like in love with like they're gonna love it and um they're gonna you know support it no matter what I mean you know that's that's on them but like me just honestly I just it didn't do shit for me like at all
1: well um if I'm not mistaken I'm I'm quite sure I saw her say this she said like when she made Bodak Yellow and everything before Mm -hmm. because you know Cardi B had a lot of music before Bodak Yellow happened most people may not know that she said going in the studio she said it was fun she was like I wrote Bodak Yellow I just was having fun now it's like work yeah I'm I have to get that next hit And I think when people put a lot of pressure on themselves to make a hit, like, I don't think people make hits. There may be formulas to make hits, like get this producer and get this writer, blah, blah, blah. But as an artist, if you're not just creating art and trying to make hits, it's going to sound like, let me try to find some formula that somebody else is doing. Because, you know, you were talking about, hey, it sounded like Offset may have wrote it. It's like, well, if the Migos are dropping hits, you would think it makes sense. Like, okay, right. just get Offset to do one because they're making mm-hmm. all the hits. But, I mean, and then, it's, then it's crazy, too, because I want to say Bodak Yellow seemed more natural to her. But Bodak Yellow was just, um, damn, what was the name of the song? Um, Kodak Black, uh, No Flocking. Mm-hmm. So I can't even say... Bodak Yellow was more natural to her because it sounded like no flocking. But look, honestly, I like Cardi B. She has a lot of energy, personality. Yeah. But Cardi B seems like an industry created kind of thing. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, look, once the industry is kind of done with that, then you know, she'll be done. I mean, I I wish her all the success in the world. I mean, I think that's what all this like offset sheet and stuff, this uh disengagement stuff you know these rumors of like sex tapes and stuff I think they're like okay we go put out this Bartier uh, Cardi we go see how it does if it pop we go run with it if it flop sex tape right (laughs) and we'll just use this until she make another hit so
0: yeah you know but
1: but she did say on um, Motorsport she said I told him the other day we should drop that porn.
0: Yeah. So maybe that's, true. that's what that is. That it could be. I don't know. It's all a it's all a plan, you know, to keep her in the in the uh in the limelight. But, but look, you know, I look,
1: I like No Limit though by G Easy.
0: I definitely love I like Oh, and man. I love even more, I like the remix with uh Juicy J
1: juicy j you will like juicy j
0: i like juicy j like you he bring like a, a <laughs> he
1: uh
0: he bring a lot of energy to the remix have you heard it yeah i like look, i like it
1: i like juicy j because he an old man and he's still cool and i'm slowly approaching old man status and i want to be cool like him when i get <laughs> old so i like
0: juicy j <laughs> yeah so yeah i really really i remember when i first heard about no limit i wasn't I wasn't excited because I remember going on Twitter and I saw a hashtag, the first trending topic, it said No Limit. I was like, oh, shit, what's this? And it was a a song. I'm like, this ain't the No Limit I thought was trending, but okay. Hold on,
1: hold on. How do you feel about G-Eazy being white? I mean. Did you think he was white?
0: I didn't. I didn't at first because before I know he had like songs and shit out before No Limit, but I never really like cared enough to listen to him. And then when I heard this one, I'm like, hmm, okay. It was a couple like uh times in the song where you can like kinda tell he was white because he like pronounced his words like on fire. Soldier. <laughs> so I was like, I mean, I don't I don't have any issues with him being white. Like, I mean if that's shit.
1: No, I wasn't saying you had an issue because I'm no. saying when I first heard, I was like, "Man, this nigga go." Yeah,
0: like and no, then I was yeah, like, hold on, this nigga ain't going because he ain't a nigga. Though, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't know that he was white at first too, but I remember just hearing the name g and I'm like, "Who the fuck is that?" And then when I heard the song, I'm like, "Oh, oh okay." But yeah, he he's pretty talented. Like I don't know if I. I'm gonna, like, listen to any more of his, like, if I care enough to, like, listen to anything outside of what he puts out commercially, though.
1: It's like that guy that sang uh, Do For Love and everybody was like, he was a white
0: guy. Yes, oh my God. That blew people mind. Like, wow, that was a white guy? I'm like, Yeah.
1: But enough about G he, he ain't paying for no promo. So.
0: <laughs> so something else that I've been seeing flowing around social media that I definitely want to talk about is this issue with this whole Walmart engagement ring type of shit. So and I saw you talking about it like all up and down your Facebook page. So I I definitely had to uh, discuss this with you. So and I I just reposted it on Facebook and simply said, you know what, I would accept this. But I didn't comment anything other than that. I said I was going to discuss it on the podcast. And the reason why I said I would discuss it is because I feel like you just have to take into account like whatever y'all situation and the reasons for the guy giving you this ring in the first place. If y'all... Or if that's all he can afford for his financial situation, first of all, just because you get engaged, you don't have that don't mean you about to get married in three months. Like, if he feel like y'all done been through some shit and he loves you and he like, you know what, I love this woman. I want to make this woman my wife one day. I want to do something nice. I, I want to propose to her, but I know I can't give her what I feel like she would deserve, which is like whatever, you know, crazy. Guys be feeling like they have to get, you know, the most expensive ring like if I if he feel like I love her I want this to be my wife this is going to be my wife but I want to do this now because this is what I'm feeling in my heart and that's what he can afford and he does it and it comes from a genuine place yes I would accept that ring but if you trying to do it as like some petty shit like I'm gonna get her this ring and see what she do like no like if I feel like you it comes from a genuine place and that's what you you know you're giving it to me and I can feel the love behind it like I would accept that What's, but I don't feel like there's I don't know Because I was reading some of the like comments And some of the things these women were saying I was like well first of all That's why your ass probably ain't got no ring anyway I can't talk because I'm single as well But at the same time It's like some of the shit that people were just saying I'm like y'all just have these outrageous theories on this shit That I just I don't understand
1: Well look let me start by saying this Because I've been getting attacked for my opinion But you know it's my opinion And I'm willing to stand on it First look it's nothing wrong with getting somebody a $25 ring. Or let me say that the cost of the ring isn't the problem.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. see, people spun the narrative. It's like, okay, if your man gets you a $25 ring for all these other reasons, my whole thing is, I don't think a man that can only afford a $25 ring should be worried about getting married. I understand the whole thing, you know, he may love his woman at the moment and he wanna give her this token and all this, but I feel like when you're asking somebody to make that commitment to you, you should be able to take care of them, provide for them, and the whole nine. Cause see, where women often mess up is this, they'll, just like you said, you said, hey, this guy may be coming from a genuine place. He may catch up to the uh, the standard that he's trying to set at this moment. But every time I talk to women about this kind of stuff, they rarely meet guys that actually live up to that standard. So what's wrong with the guy reaching the standard before he even tries to make that commitment? Because women are like, oh, well, you know, maybe he wants to give me a house. So he's buying a cheap ring instead of getting the house. Mm -hmm. And I'm like. Why do you keep trying to convince me that guys that's buying $25 rings are buying houses? Now, if you're telling me this guy got a million dollars in the bank and he bought you a $25 ring, that's cool. But if you're telling me he got $50 and he bought you a $25 ring, I'm not saying he don't love you. And I only say this because I know a lot of women. I'm a photographer. I know a lot of women. And usually when they're talking to me about their relationship stuff, their problems always stem for either a guy cheating, or he not stepping up to the plate financially. That's what it always is. So I'm simply saying, well, look, if you accepting the twenty five dollar ring, you're accepting him in this position. When he do you dirty, just don't complain about it. But they always complain. So I say, okay, well, the way that you can stop from complaining is to hold them to some kind of standard. I feel like you letting a guy off the hook
0: mm-hmm.
1: when he come to you like that. I'm not saying that he doesn't love you. I'm not saying that he won't cherish you forever. But I am saying that if he coming to you like that, he probably ain't even in the position to be thinking about being a husband anyway. But look, I'm not really an optimist. I'm a realist, I don't really believe in optimism. So me personally, if my money wasn't together, I wouldn't propose to my Mm woman. Now what other guys may want to do, that's them. But I'm just saying, understand that if a guy come to you in a position where he ain't really got his stuff all the way together, and then he don't end up having his stuff together at the end, you can't really be mad at that because you were hoping that he got his stuff together when you could have just picked a guy that already had his stuff together. And that's not being a gold digger. Asking a dude to buy you red bottoms and and ball mane, that's being a gold digger. Asking a guy, hey, can you be my husband and provide for me, pay the bills and make sure we straight, that's not gold digger. And then also, too, I don't think that women that – have the opinion that they want a guy to buy them a nice ring means that they're a gold digger or something, and that's why they're single. Because, I look, it could be a $100 ring. It could be a $200 ring. It don't have to be a $30,000 ring. I'm just saying, man, the microphone I'm talking into costs more than $25. The computers cost more than that. Marriage is, like, the biggest thing you can do in your life. I just think a token like that should cost more than $25, that's just me. But it doesn't mean that the man doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that y'all won't be together forever. I'm just saying from the thought process of a man, I don't know why he worried about getting an engagement ring if all he got is $25. You can save up $25 over four weeks, buy a $100 ring. It just goes to the mentality to me, but that's not everybody. So I don't want people saying, well, I got a $15 ring, we have been married for 57 years, yes. And I know right. dudes that had sex and they always had sex raw and they ain't never had STDs and they never had kids, but I wouldn't advise anybody to do that <laughs> just cause it worked <laughs> for him. Please. That's all I'm saying. But look, we all looking for love and I wish everybody the best with trying to find love. I just I just want, make, I want people to make smart decisions, man. Cause when you get your heart broken, it's a terrible thing. And, so just be responsible about it.
0: You sound like kind of like the the love doctor a little bit, like on. Uh, oh no, I'm no <laughs> love doctor
1: because I'm single. as so it don't nobody like me? I'm probably telling you all the wrong advice. That's just my opinion.
0: No, I'm just saying, like I really value your opinion a lot because I see like these things that you post like on social media. That's why I was excited when you announced like what your uh, podcast was going to be about. So, because um, like your opinions, like. They're very strong opinions, and then I like that you give an opinion, and then you give the reasons why you have that opinion. Because a lot, anybody can talk shit, or anybody can say something, but if you can't back up what you're saying, it's like, then you look foolish. But I really like, because it's, like, sometimes you'll post something, and it'll be like the opposite of what I think. I'm like, I wonder why I didn't think that. And then, like, when you break it down, I'm like, damn. Okay, yeah, I still have my my opinions on it and my feelings towards it, but I really understand and I can see where you're coming from and why you feel that way. So I definitely do um, look forward to hearing more of your opinion on your podcast because exactly like what can you tell me like exactly like what is it going to be called and like what are some of the things you're going to be talking about?
1: Well, look, the name of my podcast is going to be called He Ain't Shit. (laughs) And and the, the basis of the podcast is... It's why you shouldn't date ain't shit niggas from the perspective of a former ain't shit nigga. Because I used to be terrible. I used to cheat and do all that stuff. And look, I have nothing against ain't shit niggas. Please do all the ain't shit stuff you want to do. The reason that I'm creating this is because women always come to me and ask me for advice when it come to their guys. Mm-hmm. But I think they be wanting me to say, that's messed up, he treated you bold, and, and you deserve better than that. And I always be like, well, that's your fault, you picked him. And they be like, what, that, huh, what, what you mean I picked him? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you picked him. Well, I didn't know he was gonna be a bad guy. I said, yes, you did. No, I didn't. I would be like, hey, when you met him, did he have a car? No, he was on the bus. I said, hey, did he have a house when you met him? No, he ain't have a house. Uh, you know, did he have a job? No, he ain't have a job. And I'm like, then why are you always complaining about him being broke? Or when he, you want him to come see you, he can't ever come see you because he ain't got no car. Like, these are things you already knew. You just chose to look past it because women, and I respect this about women, y'all are very nurturing. You know, y'all, y'all see the potential in us and y'all try to mold us into these things. But I tell women all the time, niggas ain't changing for no woman, niggas go change for themselves. You know what I mean? So I just want to give you the perspective of a guy to say, look, you have to take some responsibility in the people that you pick. And I'm going to show you some of the things that we do that you can, you know, the signs that you can look out for to make sure that you don't end in that position. Because, look, we all play a part in it. Guys play a part. Women play a part, too. You know, and then also I'm going to tell some of my anxious stories and say some of the shit I was doing, which was crazy. Oh,
0: gosh. I can only only imagine. I can only imagine because even just the things that you post online are like entertainment. But but
1: let me say that I only talk about this stuff. If women didn't talk to me about it, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't say anything but women talk to me about this all the time so i get tired of talking to women individually so i'm just going to put it all in one place and if they want to come and get it they can and if they don't <laughs> they don't
0: hey you know but i'm definitely excited and you said when uh are you
1: it's going to be up at the uh the first week of february i'm trying to get all this cool stuff like they got here at uh at this podcast you know i don't want to just do it from my iphone you know everybody be trying to go the cheap route so
0: <laughs> okay. All righty. Cool. So I'm definitely uh looking forward to um to hear your podcast. I hope I can come and, you know, take a listen or be a guest one day.
1: Cause man, we was at the uh the battle of the sexes thing and you was in there going ham hey, like
0: No, you you definitely had, you know, your opinions in. I don't know if I like want that. you on there. I <laughs> no. <laughs> I want to go I, I, the podcast come. after the first
1: day. She like, <laughs> shut that shit down like
0: Well, I look forward to coming to your podcast. I know you're going to... Look, I ain't scared. Oh, okay. Don't be scared of me, I can say whatever I want (laughs) about
1: women because I don't have to sleep on nobody's couch. I got my own shit.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, I definitely uh, thank you for coming by. I wanted to definitely... um, talk about your podcast because after you know just knowing you for over the years and then also too when you were at the battle of the sexes um event just hearing your opinions and talking to you and things like that i was really excited to know that this is kind of like what your podcast is going to be centered around so i was excited to hear that so that's why i definitely wanted to bring you through so we can discuss that um just before we go though i just kind of wanted to give a quick shout out to um this uh this um Like, natural body products page uh, that I've been following. And they also sent me, um, like, a gift gift package. And I've been using all of the things in there. Like, they had, like, some natural, like, black soap and, like, uh, shea butter. And it was, like, this mango butter... Um, oh my God, I'm exce- obsessed with it because every like type of like shea butter and all the butters that are in there, they are all really thick. Like I hate when something is like, oh, this is like coconut oil or whatever. And it's like not like I really like really thick products to use on myself. And then too, like I'm also like very, very sensitive. I can't use everything. So I really like these products. And it's called um, I Seem supreme products uh asim you can follow um him on uh instagram as also twitter asim supreme and then his website is asim supreme products.com um i also have a promo code on his uh website to use to get uh 20 off and the promo code is shy c-h-e-y um speaking of promo codes don't forget to shop on fashion nova to my promo code is cheyenne x-o and get uh, 20% off. As well as, I still have my shirts, my Moto City Opera shirts. So I have a few sizes left. I have black and white, so just hit me up. Um, follow me on social media. My Instagram is Carmelapple underscore shy, C H E Y. Twitter, uh, Carmelapple, no E, C H E Y, no spaces or underscores on that. Um, as well as, um, don't forget to follow Wayne as well. Wayne, what's your social media again?
1: Uh, so. Instagram is Wayne Grace Photo. That's uh most you know mostly where my work is posted. Um, that's really the only one I get on. So you know that has my website, my email, and all that stuff. And then also, man, you need to tell the uh, the people with the natural body butters get that Oprah body body butter. Get that,
0: get <laughs> Oprah it, body it, it Oprah come. body butter. Yes, I I love like I'm really in love with everything that he has sent me. So definitely check that stuff out. Um, he's going to be sending me some other things that uh that he didn't send me in the first package. So I'll definitely be back to review those. I'm trying to uh, actually get him to come up here because I want to kind of hear, like, you know, the history and, like, what goes into all making these products because he makes them all himself. So... Definitely. So, um, again, everybody, this is episode five of, of Views from the Thick. The feature artist we had this week was um, my guy, Quick Cash. And, you know, check him out. Follow him. Uh, get his new EP on iTunes, uh, Spotify, whichever music um, outlet you have. His project is called um, Quick Hustle, Quick Cash, and Dark Hustle. I will see you guys next time. See you in 2018. Peace.